Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the act of recording. You have stumbled upon the podcast of Musings with Pre- Townsend and Preacher Man. I, I, why can, when I'm recording, I can't say it. I can tell anybody to their face. <laughs> I say it backwards every time. I'm giving myself an out, okay? If you know Townsend, and I'm not going to say much more past that, Townsend and her family dealing with being a family, uh, I literally just got done asking her before I clicked recording, why are you in this room? Uh, she, loss is a challenge, and... <laughs> but she said she w- she was ready, so I clicked record. So I, I, why she would show up even today, uh, especially when this topic is on the list, I don't know. But she's sitting there and she's gonna say, "Hey, so you know, I'm not hey, ta- I'm not y'all. lying." See, so He's she's not here. telling a story. And yes, um, I did. I've lost my both my grandparents, the last ones, um, both of them in the last thirty days, and I just shared with them that you know they played a song at her funeral and the last part of the song just basically said until it's my turn I'll run my race also I'll do what I have to do for you the Lord and for my family and that's that's what I'm doing I came home to Mississippi and you know as bad as I hate for life to just go on um it'll never just go on the same necessarily Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, this ain't my home. <laughs> sure. And so um, it's going to be okay. It ain't okay right now, but part of what we're doing here has to do with what the Lord has me doing while I'm here. And so here we are. Okay. Well, and that's so that's y'all, now y'all know why I pushed records because I'm like, <laughs> okay, then uh, I do. I do. It is a good point that she just made uh, to be reminded. A lot of people who go through loss have told me. I just need time to get back to normal, and it's a really important for anybody that has gone through this may already know this without putting it to words, but there, when you lose loved ones, there isn't normal uh, because normal is not having lost them. So what you, what you mean is that you just need time to redefine normal, yes. and that's very true, but uh, some people get stuck looking for the way it was when the way it was is gone, and they just... It just seems to prolong some of that sorrow and suffering because you're trying to get something you can't have. And so uh, I know you know that even if you uh, wouldn't have been able to say it that way. So, But y'all remember, you know, you had to suffer through me recording one of these by myself. And, and you think, well, that wasn't that long ago. You're right, because this was very sudden and unexpected. And um, I, I'm super glad to have her here. But uh, okay. She said, okay. So here we go. Okay. Because <laughs> I have a list and I, we keep a list. Sometimes it's harder to make the list. list. Last time to even get this list of topics was harder on me because my brain just uh, gave out. But you guys, a lot of you came in the clutch and uh, this is a listener question. This is something that, that uh, one of you out there asked for us to talk about. And it was two parts. One one was trusting the intelligence level of Townsend and myself, which I think might be dangerous because you were asking for us to identify something. Uh, and so the question was, what exactly is socialism? And is it true that Jesus is a socialist? 
there you have it. So, okay. That's a hard one. And I mean, that that's not a, I don't know if it's a hard question, but that's a deep, wide topic. Well, it's, I appreciate the origins, my assumption of the origins of the question. It's because of everything that's going on in our home country right yes. now, because the word socialism is banted about quite regularly. You have uh, people in political positions of power who identify as socialists uh, or state capitalists, which is another is a, a way of saying it without having to say the dirty words like socialism or communism. And so it becomes, uh, or at least it's presented quite often in media as being a more kind, a more care-focused uh, way of seeing the world to be a socialist and and to accept the ideas of socialism. And if you don't know you know what that is it's counter counter to capitalism which you might have heard of basically these are economic and and political systems of of operating that that countries can use yes i wanted to clarify that too i was thinking about it when i was kind of looking over some stuff last night and today and i thought some people especially some of our younger listeners may be thinking this is truly like a christian or not christian term and it's mm-hmm. not that's well yeah it's it, being presented it, it, that it way is sure. being presented this way but the the bottom line is what a socialist you know economic world is is talking about like he said the economy and the things that are going on and the way the government is handling that right so I would uh, first, before even, so obviously the part that we want to focus on is, is was, slash is, Jesus a socialist. But just the idea of socialism, you mentioned younger listeners, which I don't even pretend uh, that there are teenagers <laughs> or 20-somethings or that are listening. I'm, I, and I would love, the, to, if you were like, well, you're wrong, I happen to, I, 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 do I would love that. I know of a couple, I but would, I don't know that how is amazing. many. They live in a world in which socialism and accurate observation of Christianity have been almost irrevocably tied. So yes. like little comments that people tweet or share on Snapchat or whatever that say, you know, how can you worship uh, a Middle Eastern guy with no possessions who said to give everything to the poor, but you don't want to increase the minimum wage or you don't want to let these... uh by definition, illegal aliens or immigrants into the country. You know, how can you hold those two things together? Which then brings the question of, wait a minute, am I wrong? Is Jesus a socialist? And so we're going to do our best to answer that question. I have, uh, of all the things I know about my partner Townsend, I have no idea about her education in socio-political systems and <laughs> any of that stuff. I have no idea what she does or doesn't know, and I have no idea really what I do or don't know to its fullest extent, but I know that I've been asked this question more than once and, and can answer it. Um, but before I even... We have to define socialism. Do you know what socialism is? Well, socialism, the best that I know about socialism now, it's been a good hot minute since I've been <laughs> involved in any type in of... micro and macro economics. Yes. <laughs> and I remember right where I sat at the University of Tennessee at Martin, don't you think? Because I did not really enjoy this these classes <laughs> at all. But now, having looked back, it might be something I should have clung to a little harder. Um, but basically run by the government. Um, right. Decisions are made by the government. Um Everything is pushed by the government. Um, mainly that we don't live in a free world anymore. Okay, so <laughs> true. Now, 
a lot of authors who are anti this way of thinking will point out that socialism is is better referred to at, referred to as communism light. So the key phrase I actually I I too remember sitting in this big long room I hated I hated economics. I hated it. I didn't oh. Which doesn't surprise me cuz everyone says we're so much alike. But the difference between socialism and communism. So both of all of these things are political and and uh economic philosophies. Okay, how should you run things? How should you who should control things? And the there's only one word difference between socialism and communism. So uh the socialism is the political and economic control belonging in a in a quote unquote state or country to the community so that the word community is in the definition so socialism is everything like the power plant the foundry all these things they are actually owned and controlled by the community communism just says it's owned and controlled by the government right. so that would yes. be the primary difference and then when you think about it well who is the community who has the most power in the community, it would be politicians. And so politicians represent the government. And so you see it's socialism then becomes communism light. And so, you know, what is socialism? Well, at its core, it is a political and economic philosophy. All right. Now, what it's not is wanting to help people. Yeah. Okay. So that's a problem that you start to get into when somebody's like, well, Jesus was a socialist because he wanted to help people. First off, Jesus wasn't a socialist because n none of these philosophies existed back then. Not capitalism, communism, none of that stuff existed. Uh, those didn't exist. So, no, he wasn't. He can't be something that wasn't. Uh, but you start to look at his behavior, I guess, and people are like, well, those are socialistic behaviors. Well, tell me what Jesus did that had to do with community ownership of economic systems of power. Well, right? and you know, <laughs> when you get down to it, the government is who killed him. Correct. So, you know, I just have a real hard time <laughs> seeing them kind of teaming up together and dictating everything. Right. So that that in and of itself just kind of doesn't play along in what really happened. Yeah. Socialism, another way that people have it confused and, uh, you know, I'm saving most of the personal commentary. A lot of people would say, well, this is what's being taught to my child at school now and you're not. You're most likely not wrong. Socialism is not sharing. Okay. So like, well, you have a hundred dollars. We both need $50. You have a hundred and I have 25. You should share and give me 25. So we both have 50. So you would still have more, but I would at least have what I'm supposed to have. Well, the key is if you Townsend want to do that, do it. Socialism says, you have, have to. to do it. Yes. Okay, the force. So the force, force is yes. at, is at key in in both of these isms of socialism and communism. So w w sharing stuff is good. Jesus talks about sharing stuff. Uh, you should want to help poor people. In fact, Jesus himself said, "You will always have the poor with you." This is going to yes. be an ongoing, nonstop job for you. But free will is a key thing in the whole of Scripture. Whereas socialism, that economic philosophy, is about force. You have yes. to. You don't get a choice, right? Force and the threat of it. Right. Yes. So if you refuse not to, then you have to be punished. Yes. You know, you everybody seeks after the carrot, and if you stop, you have to get the stick. So um, socialism, 
the funny thing is, this is commentary. I feel like most people who are pro thumbs up socialism in America are looking at it through the philosophy of capitalism, which is I get to own it. If I made it, I own it. Or if it's given to me, I own it. It's mine. You can't have that in socialism. Right. And that's, I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think there's so many people. And I mean, I hate to say this, but it's even my generation and younger that just don't have a true grasp of what they're dealing with. Right. And so what they think they believe is a total misconception. And so you can't, it is just like you said, you can't look through the eyes of the way it's always been and what your concept of what yours is and then turn around and say, but this would allow this person to have this also, but where does it come from? Mm -hmm. And so that's the part they're forgetting is where does it come from and then who dictates how they get it. Right. That That's that's where that, and, and so, you know, and that's, I you know, I don't, I think it's really hard to think about Jesus Christ in any kind of economic mindset because I mean he had no money like <laughs> I mean and he had no stuff right. like he he's the king of it all but he had nothing and so I'm like I don't I mean this sounds horrible but I'm like I just don't think even right now he would be saying we should I mean we have to care to be knowledgeable to be able to try to you know what happens to our children, what happens to our country, you have to somewhat have an idea and somewhat be involved. But the way we care, it's not Christian either. Right. So Okay, well, let, let me say, since you brought that up, let me, you're going to hear clicking, B-I-B-L. Oops, because my Bible isn't, no, it is. Yay, it's, it's right here. I don't have to type it on the internet. I can just flip to these pages. You just said something that I think everyone who is a believer, who's on the journey of belief, everyone needs to hear because... Uh, you just said that we need to know, okay? But we live today in a world where we've become very, very comfortable with being in a bubble where we know it the way we want to know it. Yes. So literally, this may seem odd to you, but before we record this, if you've picked up on it, right before we record this, I have just taught a Bible class to freshmen and sophomores. And today I was talking about communism and socialism because we're talking about the worldview of Marxism. And I said, you know, guys, don't go read the Communist Manifesto uh, as a way of converting to that that viewpoint. But if you're actually curious what that person was espousing and what people that follow that believe, then go read it for yourself. Don't just take somebody else's word for it. And so, of course, they're like, why would anybody want to do that? And I said, because it's there to know. Okay, we we as a church and we as a people, we suffer from, I'll just let somebody else know it and then they can tell me and I'll believe them. Well, the problem is I can start telling you things that aren't true, and unless you know, you can't yes, fact check me. Yes, and that's been that happening work. all over the place for years now, and even in churches. I mean, we, that goes beyond just the, the economic side of things. Right. So I, what I want to point out is that it is a biblical command to learn, okay? God I don't mean this to sound bad, but God doesn't want you stupid. And so where I want, in case anybody ever wants to go look it up, this is in 2 Peter chapter 1, and Peter is talking about how we've been given everything we need by God. And so a very famous verse, uh, he, he says in, in verse 3 of chapter 1, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. We have everything we need to exist and to be like him in the way that we're capable But then he says, because of this, for this very reason, because you've been given everything you need, make every effort to supplement your faith or add to your faith 
with goodness. And with good is a big long list of things, but the second thing on that list, with goodness, knowledge. And the Greek word is gnosis, knowing, to know. Peter is saying, biblically, you are commanded to take all that God has given you and make efforts to learn all that God has made you able to learn. So, you know, on one hand, I'm I'm like, you know, we're not going to give us, we're not going to give some economic level explanation of socialism and how it works and when it's failed. By the way, it has failed. Every time it's been applied on earth, it has failed gloriously. Uh, and I say that tongue in cheek because it's been awful. It was tried in the United States of America before she was the United States of America. If you go all the way, oh, it's November right now. You go all the way back uh, to learning about the founding of the country and the uh, very first colony, Jamestown. And who was the famous governor of Jamestown? John Smith, you know, quote unquote, Pocahontas's boyfriend. Man. Although yeah. that's not true. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, before he's in charge, do you remember any of this by any chance? Yeah. Do you remember the common store system? Well, a little bit. Okay, so Jamestown decides the way we're going to exist is we're going to build, I mean, I don't know literally the dimensions, but we're going to build a great big storage barn. You're going to grow a crop. I'm going to grow a crop. We're neighbor's going to grow a crop. It. We're all going to put it in the storage and house. And everybody just come and get And you just take need. what you need. Yeah. Okay. They almost starve to death. Yes. Because... I can just take it. I don't have to put in there and nobody's watching me and I can take more and I can start hoarding it in my house, which they all started doing. John Smith comes in and says, nope, that's done. Instead, we're going to do what the Bible says. If a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. So now you grow your crop and you eat what you grow. That's all. Nobody's going to tell you how much to grow. Nobody's going to tell you how little to grow. But if you find yourself in need, you may come upon hard times because everybody's going to be caring for themselves and it's not necessarily true that they're going to be able to take care of you. Now, that doesn't that doesn't mean that, oh, see, that's the beginning of selfishness. No. Selfishness was saying somebody else can do the work. I'll just eat off of their sweat, you know, if that yes. makes sense. So John Smith institutes this work to eat. And if you don't work, you don't eat sort of policy. Jamestown begins to thrive. He's called back to England. While he's gone, guess what they decide? Let's try that storehouse thing again. So they try it, and guess what he finds when he comes back from England? Right. They had almost destroyed themselves again. Yes. Uh, in Venezuela, socialism, that country is in such a terrible state. All over the world, when socialism has been tried, now you, you might politically have had somebody say, well, what about Sweden? Well, don't take somebody's word for it. Go read into what's taking place in Sweden. They're actually reverting back to capitalism in many ways because it doesn't work. But anyway... Socialism, not necessarily giving a viewpoint. I mean, I already did, but uh, not necessarily saying pro or con. Socialism, simple answer. It is a political and economic philosophy. Was Jesus a socialist? What a we First off, simple answer, no, because socialism didn't exist. So how can he be what didn't exist? Secondly, for Jesus to have pushed socialism, he would have had to have pushed against free will, which we all know. I would say is a core tenet of. I would even say that for me, um, if you go all the way back to Genesis one, uh, chapter one, what is it, twenty six, twenty seven? Let it. Let's make man in our. Let's make him. I'm gonna make him in my image, imago dei. What does that mean to be in the image of God? I would submit that it seems somehow that free will is a part of that image. Yes. To choose, uh, <laughs> how can you say that Jesus, God? free will, the power given to you to choose, but also you have to help people or I'm going to hurt you. I mean, I'm forcing yeah. you to do it. That doesn't, that doesn't jive. So that's the first problem. But what about the Bible? So Luke chapter 12, you tell me now if this sounds like if Jesus is a socialist and somebody said, 
my brother isn't sharing the inheritance with my family. What would socialist Jesus say? You're, you, he has all the money. Socialist Jesus, if he's a socialist, wouldn't he say, well, then he needs to give half of it to you. Yes. He's your brother. Or I'll put him in prison. Okay, Luke 12, 13 through 15, somebody in the crowd yells out to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But Jesus said to him, man, who made me the judge? Then he looked at all the people and said, be on guard against every form of greed, because not even when you have an abundance in your life does your life consist of only your possessions. In the moment that Jesus, socialist Jesus should have said, I'll, I'll tell your brother that, hey, brother, you need to give that. You need to divide that evenly because it's community ownership. Instead, Jesus says, I'm not in charge of that. And you guys need to watch out about greed because, you know, that is bad. Yes. Okay. And it's not about your possessions anyway. He hits the nail on the head there at the end. Right. And the focus, what every one of us in America focuses on too much now is the thing, the thing, whatever the thing is. We're very obsessed with ownership of stuff. Yes. Right. Jesus also is asked about paying taxes. And the Pharisees say, tell me, who's, who, look, on, look at whose coin is it? You know, who, who, do I give this to the church, to the temple, or do I give it to Rome? I mean, what am I supposed to do on that? And Jesus said, whose face is on it? And here's the moment where you could be like, well, we got to share. you got to give half to, Jesus says, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and you give to God what belongs to God. Jesus didn't say share between Caesar and God. He said, Caesar is interested in the coin. God is interested in your soul. You give to each of them what they're interested in. You don't share, okay? God himself said, I am jealous, meaning I don't share you with other deities because Amen. there is none. Yes. So the idea that Jesus is a socialist, it seems kind of quickly shot down. But I personally, thinking through this, got led to the fact that all of these economic things all circle around trying to control human greed. Yes. Okay. And what did Jesus say about greed? Now, it's bad. <laughs> so very famously, I have heard people, uh, I, there's probably a book, I don't know, I mean, maybe it exists, I should have looked, about misquoted Bible verses. And you know, like somebody says, you've heard somebody say, I'm sure you've heard somebody say before, cleanliness is next to godliness, but that's not in the Bible. No. Um, if you uh, spank your child, what is it? Spank, spare the rod, spoil the child. That's not in the Bible. What is in the Bible in regards to that one is way worse than spoiling. If you spare the rod, you actually hate your child, it says. But anyway, uh, another one is money is the root of all evil. But that is not what Jesus says. The love He says it. the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. The desire to have possessions. So why then if the Bible says, you know, socialist Jesus greed is a problem, well, then why do all of these economic systems, including the one that we operate under currently in the United States that seems to work well, why do they all have to do with greed? They all circle around trying to have access to money yes, or giving someone else access to money that's not theirs because it belongs to somebody else. And then, you know, it's all, I mean, socialists, uh, okay, go back to the Caesar thing. Render to Caesar what Caesar's. What is an economic thing focused on? It's focused on money, right? What is Christianity focused on? The soul the of man. The soul of man and salvation. So and how is Jesus a socialist? Well, in every single one of his answers, he never talks about, and that's the thing that I come to was, you know, he never, every socialist I've ever met, 
it's not like they just say, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you. It always involves them, too, getting a piece of the pie. Oh, yeah. Every time. Always. Right. Well, his answers never involve him getting a piece of anything, mm-hmm. ever. Right. And so I'm like, he he's not involved in any of these economic things. Like, he, he's right. not because... Well, I mean, he's he's above it all. And I mean, that's what he's calling us to be is above it all. And although we can't totally escape it here on this earth, and I've already said this is not our home, mm-hmm. we still have to figure out a way to live in amongst it while trying to be above it. Right. Well, one thing that, and it's not, I don't mean this, if you're the one who asked this question, I don't, please this, don't hear me saying something that I'm not intending to say. I hate though that, we live in a, in a, the church exists today where so many of us would struggle with trying to understand if Jesus is a socialist because it sort of speaks to the fact that we know so little about him. Yes. Like why you can't, now I'm not saying that many do, but enough do, especially younger uh, people, the ones that I deal with before I hit record, they live in a world that is hammering at them. You know, if you're actually, if you believe what you say you believe, then you should be for socialism because Jesus said, sell all your possessions and follow me. Well, that's from the rich young ruler interaction. And if I rip it out of context, that sounds like it fits in that socialistic mindset. But that had nothing to do, like socialism had nothing to do with why Jesus told that man to do that. It's because he was given over to greed. Yes. And the guy's presenting himself as perfect. And Jesus says, "Being, being the perfect man that you are, get rid of your stuff and then come follow me. The guy wasn't willing to do it. Jesus is pointing out, see, you're not as free as you think you are. And then what does he say right after that? It is impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, and it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye. Everything that had to do with all this money, Jesus, a shoot, he pushed away from all of that. So trying to shoehorn in, but it's always around that idea of, well, Jesus told someone to give everything away. So then all of us are supposed to give everything away, right? If that's true, going, looking at, and I know you know the, the story, I hate, I hate calling them story, like that makes them sound fictional. <laughs> the encounter that Jesus had with the rich young ruler. Did Jesus immediately turn around and tell his disciples, well, he's not doing it, but I need all of you to sell everything. No. No, he, he didn't. Why wouldn't he have if he was a socialist and pushing that? Right. Why wouldn't he have demanded all of these people, not just the 12 that followed him closest, but all of the people that started following him. Why don't we have a single sole example of Jesus saying, to do this right, you have to sell everything you have, give it away to the collective, and just live. And, you know, that's the thing people don't realize is in socialism, you know, social socialism mindset does not bring you the needy mm-hmm. and say, hand your items out to these people. Right. Okay. And so, you know, that uh, Jesus didn't loosely sell all your possessions, give it all away and come follow me. Mm-hmm. That, that can't even be comparable because the government has got a whole set out area of places you're supposed to be given it that reverts back to greed. Right. And so the two Sentences, although somewhat similar, can't. It's comparing apples to oranges. What? But but if I have to look a little to recognize yes. that, see, that's the big trouble. Is it's just this surface level? Uh, what do you say? Read the read the title, not the article type mentality. Where oh, uh, that I know what this article is about because I read the title. If that's all you know, you don't you don't know. And so, 
That's why this whole social, and this isn't new, this whole Jesus is a socialist, that's, I definitely know I read it from something that was referencing the 70s. So this isn't a brand new idea. Almost everything that I read about it was from when I was like before I was five. (laughs) Yeah. So this isn't new, but the idea that, that Jesus was kind of overcome with pushing, he never, he never did this. So you're having to cherry pick and take out of context things that he said or did to try to make that point if you want to suggest that he's a socialist. On the flip side, which I don't think it's right to have a decision about these things without mentioning capitalism, which is the political and and economic system that this country established at her founding, that one, at least, I'm not at all saying that capitalism is perfect because greed is still involved. Right. Um, If humans are involved, it's probably broken. Guaranteed. (laughs) On some (laughs) level. Um, But capitalism allows for human nature. In that, to be, you know, when you're learning all those documents in American history, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are equal and they're created with certain rights. We don't use the word unalienable anymore, but mean they can't be separated from these rights. And those rights are life, liberty, freedom, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, liberty, to be free, I have to be able to choose. Yes. If I'm not choosing, I'm not free. Yes. So that capitalism ideal is even in those founding documents. So to be me, as I was created, I have to be able to choose, which is the key part of Jesus that people are leaving out when they want to paint him as this socialist. Following Jesus was about making a choice. And it was about, like you said, the choice to glorify God on your own free will. Right. And so if your decision to do a good thing Mm -hmm. came as a direct order from your government with the imposing threat of whatever, Mm -hmm. um, that glorification no longer goes to our creator. That takes away from God. That takes away from what Jesus was was here to even do. Mm -hmm. And so if, if, if the desire to give someone all of my things because I love the Lord exactly is taken off the table mm-hmm. my heart set and my mindset is no longer on that of Jesus Christ but that of in fear of what will happen right so then the glory is gone because, the go- because of the, the force. sword you're the yeah. gun is making you do it yes. and it's being you're being made yes so uh giving to someone that is an inherent part of Christianity yes. giving. But you mentioned, you know, there are the poor people. You have to give me something to help them. On the flip, Christianity says there are the poor people desire to help them. Yes. Want it. Will, Love will me enough. them to help. So, like, um, if you look up charitable donations by state, the poorest, it's interesting, the poorest states in the, country, in the United States almost always, I don't know why, but they almost always represent the most religious states as yes. well. They're almost always found in the South. They almost, without fail, are always the most charitable. And you know, what is so sad is, and this is from personal experience, and I didn't always have this personal experience, so I and, you know, strongly recommend if you don't have this personal experience, get out there and experience it. Mm-hmm. It'll change your heart. But when you experience someone receiving something from you truly a pure heart of you love the Lord is the only reason you're doing something for someone Mm -hmm. to see 
the change that it can bring about, the motivation that it can create, the the hope that it can put in someone versus if they know that it is coming from the government of mm-hmm. a, a Entity that that does not know the person intimately. Mm-hmm. When I go down the street to my neighbors and I paint the faces of their children and the fingernails of their children and sing with their children, they know that I know their children. No one's making me do it, right. and we do it because we love them. It creates a whole new situation than when the government has given, mm-hmm. and it's a faceless, meaningless situation, and it does not inspire any hope at all for them to reach out for more. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting that what you're, you know, what you're describing doing ministry in for in in the presence of those who are less fortunate. In my experience, always that ministry has to do with increasing their ability. Yes. Getting Every them time. out of something and towards something better. Yes. But it seems that all, you know, even even the great society and all these things that you, you know, people may still remember from uh more recent American history, all of those things literally just seem designed to help you exist. Yes, they don't and stay they don't, right where you are. And yes, not to excel, not to. I mean, because the neighborhoods that you're describing about doing ministry in, they are largely um, almost fully supported by this un this faceless government you're describing, yes. and yet generationally they don't go anywhere. No, and and what is so sad is that, like you said, it's almost designed for them to stay put. That ties the hands of them ever knowing what they were truly created for. Yeah, what they're worth. What they are worth, yeah. what they mean, what they can do. And and it's just sad. And so to me, you know, I you know, people don't usually associate me with being a very political person because it's not an area that I have ever felt convicted to just get on my soapbox, but I could Mm -hmm. because I I feel very strongly about it. And I know that um, Atlanta introduced me into a world of being able to do something different than anything, any socialism type thing that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, It it introduced me to a way around that that would enable people to still know, hey, I have access to the things I need through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, that that's what I say is if if you have it in your heart for everyone to have and for everyone to be able to do, then you literally take it to your Lord and Savior and right. and be the hands and feet. And that doesn't require a government enforced law for us to do that, because if that happens, it takes away from the glory of God anyway. Yeah, I I, I really think the answer out there for you when you're considering was Jesus a socialist, I, it, I mean, it, obviously it comes from this presentation of certain behaviors seeming to a socialist wanting to say that's really the epitome of what I'm trying to accomplish, but it's not. You're 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 ripping. You're ripping out of context. You're ripping the meaning out to try to make it mean what you want, because the truth is, for a believer, it's the desire that yes. that's changed within us. We are Amen. all all created the same, but uh, and we've even I don't know if we've talked about this when record was pushed or not, but the beauty of realizing that the Bible says, you know. God will give you the desires of your heart. When you dig and see what that actually says, it, it, it basically is trying to teach you that by allowing your heart to desire God, you will always be given what you want. Yes. That's part, that's not socialism. That's, 
that's Christ, well, I don't even want to say Christianity. That's just the, that word's almost lost all meaning anyway. That's the relationship and the change that Jesus came to bring about. Yes. And that's what makes somebody want to, you know, I, I, I mentioned this even Sunday. When you, when you take people on a mission trip and they have to pay money to go, people who don't get it, one of the first things they say is, you mean you have to pay to go work? Yeah, because I got to get there and I got to stay and whatever. But, you know, th- why would somebody want to do that? Why would you? Because I want, that's the key. I want these people to know what I've been allowed to learn. Yes. I'm not forced to. Jesus, does Jesus want me to give and support everyone around me? Yes, he does. Does he make me? No. Not at all. And that would be the key difference for that discussion you might or might not ever actually be having about, is Jesus a socialist? Well, does he make you do anything? Because those isms that are social and commune, uh, they force. To get it done is by force. And uh, that's not nothing about that is in, in Jesus's story. I think about the Good Samaritan. Those two people that passed the first they didn't get made to help. Right. Um, just the one who wanted to help the man did help him. And yes. the same with the parable of the talents, let's say. Uh, you know, it's not one guy gets five and he doubles it. One guy gets three. He doubles it. One guy gets one and he does nothing with it. The The parable doesn't end with Jesus saying, well, let me take 10 plus six plus one and divide it by three and then give yes, you all equally. Exactly. Instead, he says, I'm going to take your one and throw you in jail for not doing anything, for not being willing to to do something. And I'm going to give it to the other. You know, it doesn't, nothing in there is socialistic. Amen. Except this idea that he was helping. So that's slightly shorter than, a, than, a, than a, sometimes these are, but uh, I think we answered the question. Uh, I hope it helps. It is definitely a unique topic. I was when I saw it, I was like, "Ooh, I like that." But I then thought, "That's kind of weird." <laughs> the, the other people would be like, eh. "But maybe, maybe one of my students will have heard this one, and they'll they'll be smarter." I think we'll have to be careful how we name this one because people will think they don't need to listen. They will have cool known one. already. But what should I call it? Mm, we'll have to. Debate I don't that. know. Okay. Anyway, guys, one last thing—an announcement. Many moons ago, I told you before I got any commitments that uh, I was I wanted to invite some students on here that I teach to have the microphone to tell the world what they thought the world needed to hear. Uh, and I have told my students multiple times, I don't have uh, uh, the world as an audience, but that's what we will imagine to the audience that we do have. You're talking to the world. What do you think the world needs to hear? No one's ever taken me up on it. Today in class, two people said, can I make an appointment to do that? So I may be on the cusp of having just a little something different for you to to listen to five or ten minutes long that'll just pop up sort of in the middle of the week. But uh, if y'all out there do me a favor and pray for those young men that they'll actually want to do that, because that that interests me to put a young person in a position where they they can say whatever you want. Uh, What do you think people need to be hearing? And so I'm curious what they'll say. So uh, pray about it. Pray for them because I would love for them to do it. And if you would be interested in doing that, I can probably figure out a way for you to talk to your telephone. I wouldn't be able to interact. I don't know. I'll try to figure it out. But if, if somebody was interested in doing that, email us and let me know and I'll do the work to try to figure out how to how to do that. All, yes. all sorts of things 
are probably possible. I'm just too stupid to know how to do them. <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you all for being here. Thank you for choosing. We're gonna, I'm going to stop the recording and then figure out what I'm supposed to title this. But y'all say a special prayer of thanks for my partner over here, Townsend, because she's she's had to walk through it just to get to this day when we clicked record, and she got to this day. Uh, she's doing she's running a race and doing what she knows she's supposed to do while she also gets used to that new normal. I'm proud of her. So y'all pray for her and pray for her family, but know that as you pray, we also pray for you and thank you for being a part of our community. Wherever you go and whatever you're about to do, remember to pour kindness on the world because of the kindness Jesus has shown you. And until next time, this is the two of us telling you bye. Bye, guys. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.